Kyle. And I'm Trevor. And welcome to Catching Up on Cinema. If you're not familiar with the program, Catching Up on Cinema is a film analysis podcast wherein myself and Kyle take turns introducing each other to movies. And uh, in this way, we catch up on our cinema. Um, So today, uh, in the month of March 2020, um, we're going to be doing something a little different. We have a a monthly event on the show that we like to call Catching Up on Blu-ray. And essentially what that is, if you're not familiar with the format, um, is an episode where we take a look at the physical media release calendar for each month of the year and just uh, go over any DVDs or Blu-rays or 4Ks that uh, jump out to us as being worthy of discussion or maybe even purchase. Um, That being said, uh, also if you're not aware, most uh, physical media releases occur on Tuesdays of each week. Um, So if you want to go ahead and follow along on your calendar, uh, go ahead and uh, we'll make sure to uh, point out the release dates for all the movies we're talking about. Um, That being said, uh, the first major calendar release date we have for the month of March 2020 is uh, March 3rd. And uh, right off the bat, it looks like we're getting a whole slew of Disney Pixar 4Ks. Um, Nothing you haven't seen before, hopefully. Um, For instance, like WALL-E, UP, Monsters Incorporated, Monsters University, all that that business. Um, But moving on down here, the first major release that jumps out at me that's that's new, I assume, is uh, Dark Waters from 2019. this kind of flew in under the radar as far as I understand, Kyle. Have you heard of this one? No, it's got Ruffalo. Is that Bill Pullman? Yes, it is. Is that Michael <laughs> Keaton? Uh, I want to say that's uh, Tim Robbins. Yes, oh, it, it is. Tim is. Robbins. Yeah, you're right. Uh, he's very recognizable because I have an uncle who looks kind of like him now that they're both up there in years. Like, they look nothing alike when they were younger, but now for some reason they, they just have the same shaped head. It's mostly the forehead. Um <laughs> But yeah, this is a legal drama in the same vein as like uh, a civil action or like Aaron Brockovich. Um, it's it's a legal drama about like pollution, about like corporate shit. Um, mm. Some people were hurt. I think this is actually based on true events. Um, I've heard very good things about it though, um, despite kind of the low key cover art and you know the entire lack of production <laughs> like that. uh marketing budget i mean i hate the cover dark wall i hate the the red on that cover i uh, am i wrong kyle or does this make me think of uh inception or any christopher nolan cover for that matter it looks like inception for sure <laughs> even the color palette like it has mm. that like gunmetal quality to it a little bit it looks cheap and lazy it does look cheap and it does look lazy but i've heard it's actually a pretty good movie um, and I mentioned on the previous recording we did, I've been watching a lot of legal dramas for whatever the fuck reason. I think it, I think in these trying times, like having a procedural, like having a, a something to fall back on, like a, a formula that we're all familiar with. I think there's some comfort that comes from that, kind of like a sitcom or a or a procedural, okay. and a courtroom proceedings. You know, they have a rhythm to them, they have a feel to them that even if you haven't seen the movie before. You kind of have an idea of what to expect. Um, Anyway, moving on, uh, we have something that I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation of. uh, Neza, uh, 2019. This is a 4K disc. Uh, As far as I recall, um, this is a Chinese computer animated film that broke all sorts of box office records. I know not a damn thing about it other than it made a lot of money, which is why it's coming out here on 4K. 
Mm. Uh, I think there are even sequels to it, even though this came out in 2019. So um, probably not going to bother with that one, but it, it matters to some people. You know, maybe an entire country with a population of a billion plus. <laughs> um, beside that, though, uh, Queen and Slim from 2019. Kyle, have you heard anything about this one? Uh-uh, never heard of it. I this one I saw some of the marketing for it and I I was kind of intrigued. Like I could have been writing a better story in my head. Like I don't actually know what the story is behind it. Um but it kind of has like a Bonnie and Clyde feel to it from from the marketing again. So it's like Daniel Kaluuya from um, Get Out. Mm. And uh this woman I I don't know the woman's name, but apparently she is very very good in the film, but it's like a, a first date, like a Tinder date or something. And it's just a young couple that get pulled over by a police officer and then uh, Mary Mishaps ensue and the cop is killed, like mm. shot uh, by one of them. I'm not sure who. Um, and then they become like like the equivalent of like urban Bonnie. folk heroes kind of. Oh, okay. Oh, like uh, uh, Natural Born Killers? I don't remember that movie very well other than the imagery. Um, yeah, so well, it's hard maybe, to yeah, the it has a look for sure. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, not it. It gets annoying after a little while, but yeah. But yeah, I I could be like I said, I could be manufacturing this narrative in my head just based on the images I saw from the trailers and whatnot. But what I got from it is that it becomes a situation where like social media and the neighborhood kind of project project like meaning behind these two people's actions and politicize this shooting of a police officer by two young black people and mm. make it something that, you know, was probably just an act of desperation in the moment, and they make it into, like, a movement, kind of. Gotcha. Um, so potentially good, although I think it got mixed reviews. You lost um, me at social media. <laughs> I don't blame For you. Sure. Yeah, we, we don't have a good track record with movies covering that particular territory. No. If you want me to... F- there's... I will check out so fast if that if that becomes a thread. If I see texting down in the corner in the movie, I'm like, nah, done with this. Well, I have a couple of movies in the back of my mind that I I make it a point to remember. I, I'm not in a hurry to see them or anything, but I, there's a couple of movies that, like Ingrid Goes West, I think I'd like to see someday. Mm. And uh, that John Cho movie about the dad looking for his daughter and apparently the entire movie is told through a browser window it's supposed to be pretty good too searching absolutely i think not. is what it's called um, absolutely not. <laughs> um that being said kyle uh what what jumps out at you i've been rambling on for a while now well the sergio sergio leone westerns did he do um once upon a time in the west i believe he did i've got that on my list to watch well, it's on netflix right now it was either him or peckinpah and those are two wildly different things. I'm almost um, positive it's Sergio Leone. Okay, well, it's one of the two. <laughs> yes, yeah. but yeah, it's been um, on it, it's been on my list for a while to uh, to watch. Um, somebody uh, posted it on um, uh, I think it was on Reddit or something like a sequence in once. No, he did Once Upon a Time in America. He did Once Upon a Time in the West. Sergio Leone did. He did. Okay. And um, of course, the Man with No Name trilogy—that's like there, one of the more famous ones. There was a uh, somebody like 
put it on Reddit as on the horror thread, like the sequence in there is like, this feels like a horror movie. I'm like, oh, interesting. And I watched it. I'm like, oh, I think I could actually watch this movie because uh, I don't really like Westerns and I probably need to watch a few. But I think this is where I could start is with Once Upon a Time in the West. Well, what's funny is like I, I'm kind of with you, like Westerns are not a go to genre for me, but mm-hmm. spaghetti Westerns, Westerns yeah. by way of Italy. That, I appreciate that. <laughs> they just have, I don't know, there's more flair. There's more, they're just a little bit goofier, a little bit more colorful. And, you know, that Ennio Morricone music is hard to resist. I am going to end up watching, I think after uh, Steph and I finish Downton Abbey, I think I'm going to switch over to Deadwood because my group of friends love it and they make fun of me all the time and call me a bitch because I haven't seen it. So I'm like, fine, I'll just watch it. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Um, um, I like the cover for Kansas City, but I don't feel like that's a movie for me. Uh, it's a Robert Altman film. Uh, Who did, that's what else a, is... uh, that is a big name, but uh, he, I mean, he has a massive filmography as far as I know. Um, nothing too big for me personally, but the name carries weight, put, put it that way. I've I mean, heard of him, yeah. Yeah, um, you've definitely heard the name. Um, <laughs> he did the he did the Robin Williams Popeye. I forgot about that. Oh, really? Yeah, that wasn't very good. <laughs> but you know, if you're gonna pick someone to be Popeye, they pick the right guy. Just the wrong movie. Uh, here's um, a movie next that we're probably gonna be covering soon. Yeah, Kyle, what would that be? Uh, Glenn Danzig's Verotica. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, from 2019. This is a uh, anthology horror film that uh, has been critically panned and then some. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad when people are like, "Not only does this movie suck, but this is one of the worst things I've ever seen." I'm like, "Well, I gotta see it." I would have watched like, it just just for the Glenn Danzig thing. I'm like, "Glenn Danzig did a movie." I'm like, "Okay, I'll watch it." I'm sorry, I can't help but think of was it a eight millimeter the the end of the movie, like in. In a what machine's house or whatever, <laughs> his mom's house. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's like not only does this movie suck, you suck for watching it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we we very well may end up covering that, uh, mm-hmm. hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, because I seriously doubt it's going to have much of a shelf life. <laughs> um, moving on. Um, gonna skip those. Radio Flash looks like uh, it's trying to cash in on maybe the 80s throwback stuff that's 80s nostalgia 80s and early 90s nostalgia is an all-time high right now and you know there's a certain style to um like the production design of like movies that are coming out you know contemporary movies that are paying homage to that kind of look and feel Mm -hmm. that usually jumps out at you usually makes itself apparent i'm i'm getting that vibe from this and is that a hobbit on the cover it looks like uh, uh, Dominic Moynihan. It is. <laughs> that right a, there tells me I don't need to see it. That's actually a good. That's actually another like Fast and the Furious crew. If any of the Hobbits are in a movie uh, outside of those movies, you can pretty much skip it. <laughs> I mean, Elijah Wood though. I mean, he mm. he's he... like ten percent of the movies he's done after that have been watchable. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean. Mr. Aston, like mm, he, him, so right? You can point at him and say, "I don't need that." But like Elijah Wood, I at least, I at least like pay attention. 
I don't watch his movies, but they get my attention mm-hmm. at the very least. I think Daniel Radcliffe had a better has a like better filmography post. Dude, he he and Robert Pattinson both have had like excellent success following their big franchises. Yeah, I think Robert yeah. Pattinson is the one killing it. Like he he had the worst franchise out of those guys, and now he's <laughs> making the best movies. I think Daniel Radcliffe um, arguably has like the biggest franchise, like financially successful, um, and then he's had a pretty good career afterwards. Frodo. I mean, I love that trilogy. Uh, it's one of my favorite things in the world. But I don't know, man. I've tried watching his movies after that, and I can barely... I can't... There was a couple I couldn't even sit through. Like, it was so bad. Well, there's a, a high-profile one that I haven't scrolled down, but I, I remember. I think it comes out this month. Um, mm. So I'll, I'll point out when we get to it. Uh, but moving on down here, a uh, bunch of re-releases of some stuff. Uh, oh, and Alec Guinness double feature the captain's paradise and barnacle bill uh, from oh. 1953 and 1957 i know you told me a long time ago you were looking for some more like young alec guinness movies i, I have why. i think the lady the lady killers is where i was gonna start i just wanted to see uh what he was like before star wars that's all uh, bridge on the river kwai was like uh, that's a dad movie for sure yeah. but i've always heard that was a very very good one uh, um Superdome from 1978. I, I kind of dig that cover. It's very cool. Um, apparently, it's a Super Bowl-based uh, thriller of some sort. A Super Bowl-based thriller? I mean, what the, was it? I think it was called like Black Monday or something about like a terrorist and a blimp at a, like a football game or something. Huh. Like, it, it you know, it's the late 70s. Football was a thing. You know, why not? <laughs> And, you know, if, if Van Damme can have uh, an action movie set in a hockey rink, sure, we can have a Super Bowl-based thriller. <laughs> uh, Die Hard in a, uh, before there was Die Hard. Um, the Sonata from, <laughs> from 2018. Uh, Rutger Hauer, oh, he passed away recently. That's right, I forgot. Yeah. So this is probably one of his last, hopefully that's not his last movie. Um, mm, <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> Uh, we have the Blu-ray for that Neza movie. Um, I am Fear from 2020. That's a some sort of like military horror movie. I don't even know. Uh, the tagline the tagline reads: Four extremists, two prisoners, one fight to the death. Um, and for whatever reason, they decided to pack the the cover art with with names. Only like two of which mean anything to me. One of which being William Forsyth. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Damn is right. Did he jump off the Rob Zombie train? Is he not in that Three from Hell? Yeah, he died. Uh, I guess he dies. He oh, just, that, yeah. That doesn't stop him from coming back. I mean, That's true. I'm pretty sure all the characters in that died, except they all keep coming back because Rob Zombie only has like five friends apparently, yeah, <laughs> and one wife. Yeah. Uh, beside that, we have Two Graves in the Desert, starring Michael Madsen and Billy Baldwin. Whew. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> yeah. That sucks uh, because I like Billy Baldwin. He's fucking funny. I don't mind Billy Baldwin at all. Like, I've never seen him be awful. Like, I never would see a movie just because he's in it, but I've never actually seen him, like, stink up the joint, so whatever. Um, 
yeah, we have a shit ton of anime that um, folks at home, if you're, this is your first time listening to a Blu-ray episode, we tend to skip most anime uh, just because there's so much of it from month to month. I skip um, all anime. <laughs> you skip yeah. most anime. Yeah, I, I mean, I have a couple of series that I'm familiar with, mostly older iterations of said series uh, that I'll, I'll definitely like point out if something catches my eye. But for the most part, if you don't hear like your favorite anime being talked about, that's why. It's just there's too much, and Kyle and I just aren't very familiar with it, so we don't know what to get excited about. Um, what is this? Anna from 2019. Andy Garcia. <gasps> Andy Garcia got rid of his beard. No. He had a beard. <laughs> I liked his beard. I liked scruffy Andy Garcia. Because mm. when he was young, Kyle, I like, am I wrong in, in saying that, like, young Andy Garcia was just, like, unbelievably handsome? Like, scary handsome? I don't know. I thought he was always he was kind of ca- I mean, looking. he was always really hairy, like, below the collar. Like, he would always, like, dress a certain way to disguise the fact that, like, he was super hairy, but... Like in like the Untouchables and like even like Ocean's Eleven, when he got his hair slicked back, he was a handsome man. <laughs> He's handsome in a very Martin Scorsese would probably put him in a movie way. If you get my drift. Yeah, he was the most Italian Cuban that ever was. <laughs> um, and uh, Daphne Keene, um, I recognize her from Logan. Uh, I was very impressed with her in that. Who is she? Um, in Logan. I, she's X twenty three. She's his his daughter his heart <laughs> oh yeah i thought she was good i mean she had to give a bilingual performance and a very physical one too that's asking a lot for a, a debuting actress on top of that i don't remember anything about that movie you should rewatch it it's good i'm gonna rewatch once upon a time in hollywood that's my next rewatch yeah get on that you've been talking trying about to that. It, i i have to buy it you have to buy it right now for streaming i i mean at this point, you know you're gonna watch it more than once. Just buy it, and then I'm gonna buy it on Blu-ray. Eat. I'm not gonna yeah, buy it. Buy it. Time. Yeah, buy the physical, and then watch the special features. You know you want to. Yeah, I'm poor right now. This is true. We all are. <laughs> kind of sucks. Right yeah. God damn. Uh, my Hindu friend. That is Mr. Willem Dafoe. Hmm. Uh, I have no idea what that is, but it's from 2015, and he's always worth your time. Yeah. Um. Well. I don't know. He does some crap on the side, but but there's a chance that's not awful. Uh, he's kind of like Gary Old. He's like the the American Gary Oldman. He's actually give, quite accurate. Yeah, very he'll, accurate. He'll, he's like he'll be like, oh, this is like a really good movie and like a really good performance, and then you're like, what the fuck is he doing in this movie? Where did this come from? <laughs> yeah, he's Gary Oldman. A person. Like, I think in just the past couple of months, we've had a couple of him on the cover where it was like, what, dude? He you went to off. you went to Russia for how much money? <laughs> he, went, he went Oscar, just whatever. I mean, it's like Halle Berry. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, she was good in Monsters Ball. I'll give her that. Well, after that, <laughs> yeah. yeah, she uh, she did Catwoman, and then she did that. Uh, wwe production uh, where she plays like a 911 operator oh, i don't even know what you're talking about it, it, oh it i know a... what you're talking about i do know what you're talking about uh with bruce phyllis no she no. was the headliner of that one <laughs> she was it what's what she do with bruce willis i uh, i don't know but she i i want to say that john wick 3 is going to represent like a comeback like a wave for her 
because that particular role and the demands that that particular the role required like that that was a lot for for an actress who was mostly on the outs like mm-hmm. to take on so eh, i wouldn't be surprised if you saw more of her going forward um but what else we got here kyle anything jumping out at you no we're at the we're at the bottom of the uh the first the first week or the first yeah the bottom of the first day so it's slim pickings right now okay i see this uh go back to china movie and this actress on the cover writer director emily ting i think she's like a youtube person or something she has a way of just like popping up and shit I think she was in the end of uh, Ant-Man um, during one of the Michael Pena, sequ- the drunk history sequences where Michael Pena speaks for everyone. I can't even, I, I remember nothing of Ant-Man. She's one of those people that's like, she is a celebrity. Like, obviously she she has the clout to both write, like d- write, direct, and star in a film. Like, that's that's saying quite a bit for anyone. I mean, that requires, that requires a production budget, you know? Yeah. Um, but just not for me. Like, YouTube is a weird place. <laughs> like, yeah. And I, I want to say that's where she comes from. I don't um, understand how they make money. Uh, I mean, it's all ad revenue as far as I understand. Um, gotcha. It's it's a machine. Like, it, it's a never-ending, like, end-to-end, like, week-to-week. Like, living paycheck-to-paycheck, paycheck, kind of. I was thinking about, like, I was um, watching an interview with John Hamm about Mad Men because we just finished it, and I was curious and uh just kind of came up in my feed and i'm thinking about like think about how white claws just like skyrocketed it was like the biggest thing because it was youtube like youtube uh like like it just went viral people were talking about it and i wonder if if everybody in advertising is just like okay we just gotta pray that some youtube star likes our stuff and it'll the sales will just happen after that i wonder if marketing has changed because of uh because of these youtubers absolutely no i mean it's all about eyeballs and how many Uh of them a single entity has access to from moment to moment Mm. and if you see like somebody with 10 million subscribers that you can kind of swing a bet and say that oh hey maybe 10 million sets of eyes will see the next product they put out Um, i'll be the next spokesman for haribo gold uh, gummy bears fuck yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah you can just do an advertisement where you walk in the room and say they're fucking good go get I'll them. eat them all the time you give yeah. me a lifetime supply of them I will sell them for you oh fuck I would I would accept payment in gummy bears yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no that that's how it's done nowadays those people it's not so much like what products they themselves push it's more about who courts them because they have quite a bit of power they have a lot of leverage um, it's a strange time we live in um, yeah, but mo- mostly it just has to do with who who has access to the most sets of eyes. Um. So uh, let's move on to the next week, and this is a big one. Uh, this is March tenth, and uh, first major release we have here is one that I saw in theaters and uh, did a guest review of on a podcast called The Cinema Speak. Um, you can listen to that on uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, but that film would be uh, Uncut Gems from 2019 starring adam sandler and directed by the safety brothers yeah. um, kyle you should see this it's very good yeah i watched good time and i had heard from multiple people that it was a good it was a, it was a good movie 
I was really disappointed in it. Uh, maybe I was expecting too much out of it. Um, I think so. I, yeah, I just didn't really like Robert Pattinson in it. Like even it, like just as a performance, I just didn't really care. I, like, he's an unlikable character to begin with, but I just I don't like him doing the Brooklyn accent. It's just really fucking annoying. Um, yeah, I might get to this. I don't know. You know how much I hate hate Adam Sandler. Um, but from what I understand, that's a good reason to watch this, especially if you dislike the man. Yeah, that that is a very good reason because that's the entire point of his character in it mm-hmm. is he's meant to be unlikable. Um, but you're stuck in, like to quote the the Watchmen. It's like it's like I'm not in here with you. You're in here with me. <laughs> <laughs> but I I really like tense movies. I like being uncomfortable in movies. I like wanting to turn off the movie because I'm too, it's too tense, and I've heard this is a really frustrating film. So there I, are I, I will there are a couple it. of sequences in this that are like a masterclass of exactly what you're describing. Like no joke, I was pretty blown away by like how engaged you are for long stretches of time. Uh, mm. This is not the kind of movie I personally seek out, uh, but I was very glad to have seen it. Um, That's fun. And I, will I love say it. I liked it quite a bit more than a good time. Yeah. Um, good they time do have similarities. They come from the same creative team. Mm. Um, but I think Uncut Gems is a superior film in every way. And, um, beside that, we have a 4K release of Beauty and the Beast from 1991. That was a, that was a big fucking deal. Um, yeah. Not one of my personal favorites, but I remember no. the marketing train behind it. I remember uh, the... Use of computer animation for the ballroom scene being hyped up big time on like the local news and whatnot. I'm lying to you. I did like this movie because I love that scene in particular. But I love Gaston. Gaston's song is the song is is so good. It's the best Disney song. It's the best Disney song. It's so good. (laughs) Gaston is all that is man, and he's also a jerk. And a bad person, <laughs> but he has so what, the best song. <laughs> if anybody asks you, like, well, so what's your what's your apartment like? Well, I have some posters. I use antlers in all my decorating. Uh, <laughs> I sit in passing to see if they catch it. Yeah, that's a good test. See see if somebody somebody knows their Disney. Um, beside that, though, we have oh, also uh, the 2017 live action versions also coming to 4K the same day. May as well point that out. I haven't seen that, nor do I think I need to bother with it. Um, but beside that, there's a movie that I would actually like to see. Um, that would be Bombshell. Uh, this was, uh, I think, executive produced by Charlize Theron and starring uh, Nicole Kidman and Margot Robbie as well. Um, this is this is like Me Too the movie, basically. Oh. Um, this this won the uh, Academy Award for Best Makeup Effects. Um or just best makeup, I guess. Um, f- I, the, the big example they used for the, the Oscar reel was uh, Charlize Theron as uh, Megan Kelly and did a pretty fucking good job. <laughs> I'll say that much, but I would watch this. I'd be curious to see how it plays out, mm-hmm. uh, especially because it's so fresh, I guess. It's one of, the, it's one of those like contemporary history stories. <laughs> I like. I needed to. I needed to sit for a few years. I don't know what it is. Like when Ashton Kutcher did that Steve Jobs movie, like, like a sneeze after he died. And they're like, hey, he's gonna be in a Steve Jobs movie. I'm like, oh shit! Like literally, we just watched his funeral. Like, no, 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 it's fine. He, we got the movie out. 
But then, like, a couple years later, maybe even a year later, it was Fassbender doing the, the Steve Jobs movie. And I haven't never seen either one of them. I'm assuming the Fassbender one's better. I I think you'd be pretty safe in making that assumption. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen any of the Ashton Kutcher one. I saw about two-thirds of the Fassbender one, but I was in a hotel room when I was watching it, so I had to skedaddle. I don't like it when we do contemporary history. Like, it, I need it to breathe a little bit. I need to get, like get more story to it like well but, there's something to be said for letting the dust settle and like getting your facts 100 percent straight yeah and oftentimes there is a post narrative that comes with historic events where you know 10 years down the line or whatever like yeah. i was actually just watching uh, like the amazon documentary series about the L- lorena and uh john wayne bobbitt uh situation where she sliced his dick off in oh, the early 90s yes um and Part of the reason why the story works is because of uh, the sexual assault aspect of it, how that's, you know, ripped from the headlines today. But at the time when this incident actually occurred, it was underplayed. Whereas if it happened today, that would be the story. Yeah. Um, So it wasn't until we had that breathing room, you know, for the narrative to fully flesh itself out that became more prescient in some ways. And not that um, I'm gonna be, I'm not that I'm on the wrong side of the Me Too. Uh, <laughs> like, that goes without saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm like, we're on the, the internet. Give the guys a chance to defend themselves, man. <laughs> it's no, not fair that. what they did to that sleazy old man. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. The sleazy old billionaire. He got he got shafted. I'm he t- got shafted, <laughs> man. <laughs> Yeah. Why are they gonna team up on him? Why are they gonna put three ladies on the cover? Why can't there be a dude? <laughs> I just finished watching Mad Men, so Oh okay. oof, good. Gender God. roles. They were enforced. <laughs> the way it wraps up, man. Oof. Um Yeah, Quiet Place, uh 4K release. Have you seen this? No, but the sequel was was due out very soon, but uh thanks to the virus that's been going around uh, we don't get movies for the foreseeable future. Um, I heard it was very, very, very good. Yeah, I couldn't give a shit. Uh, and I'm even really? a horror guy. Yeah, I'm a horror guy. I'm like, nothing about this sounded interesting. And kind, I've kind of taken the pulse on people who agree with me on movies. And are like, it's not that good. And I'm like, okay, that's that's good enough for me. See, I could not give two shits about the John Krasinski-Emily Blunt combo. Nor do I give any any fucks whatsoever to the the quiet aspect of it, like the sign language, you know, all that business. The only reason I'm interested at all is the fact that it's a creature feature. It's like I want, oh, really? it, I want gooey monsters, goddammit, it, and I'll take them wherever I could get them. <laughs> John Krasinski has he has a very specific, very specific area where I keep him, and that is ten seasons of The Office, and that's all that he gets from me. Anything outside of that, not happening. Well, he's a very wealthy man, and he can do what he wants, and apparently he wants to make gooey creature features. <laughs> and uh, military movies, lots of military movies. He's funny, smug Jim Halpert. That's, he's always just going to be that to me, so he can just stop uh, just stop it with all that. I'm glad we got Chris Evans instead of him as Captain America. I think uh, it was the right choice. Oh, he was up for Captain America? He was. Oof, yeah, good choice. No, I, I think we got the right one there. Um, but moving on here, uh, we have the Ten Commandments. Uh, this would be the Cecil B. DeMille version. Uh, uh, actually, this is, I think, two different versions, 1923 and 1956. Uh, we, I think, just mentioned this on the previous we recording. Did, yeah. um, I, I would watch this. 
I mean, I, you've already seen it enough times. You probably don't need to, but you know, uh-huh. for me, I, I would check it out. Like I said, I like Yul Brynner, and you know, I like I like seeing the evolution of special effects in cinema. And I've always heard that was a, a showcase film for for that particular craft. I am gonna watch Ben Hur here before long. I mean, it's fucking three and a which, half hours long. Which one, Kyle? Like the they used to Heston. make Ben Hur like every five years. <laughs> the Charlton Heston Ben Hur. Okay, because it's one of the most remade films in film history as far as i know that, i feel like I, that one's considered like the one though that's the best oh yeah one. the charl the as my dad would call him harlton cheston, harlton <laughs> cheston. <laughs> because yeah. he, his joke was always that he would have to like puff out his chest in between takes <laughs> string bean i saw plan of the apes yeah <laughs> him you and know. kirk douglas needed to throw down see who's I'd most put, manly put my money on kirk douglas he's squirrely <laughs> this is true <laughs> um moving on uh, we have the charlie's angels from 2019 on 4k i haven't um, seen a minute of any of the movies like the the charlie's not i'm uh, not charlie's cameron diaz uh ones with Bill yeah Murray. C- yeah um those are so much a product of it of their time that it kind of hurts almost to go back to them because wow. it's like the year 2000 on the nose like every everybody has their Britney Spears outfits, not just the women, everyone. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think we were in the afterglow of both the Matrix and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. So wire work uh. was all the rage, um, and it was like audacious, like gaudy wire work, like like you would see in a traditional Chinese wuxia movie, where uh-huh. that's like culturally expected but transposed onto a contemporary American action movie where it's not, and it just looks cheap and dumb. <laughs> I swear, like, uh, Romeo must die. Uh, there's there's a wire move that Jet Li does in that movie to kick Anthony Anderson. It, it, you can, like, literally see his hands holding on to his wire harness where it looks mm. like he's on an invisible swing set. <laughs> it is pitiful. <laughs> but, yeah, um, those movies, I, I don't... I don't think I could ever go back to them. I never finished any of them. I think I just watched a couple scenes here and there. Crispin Glover's in one of them <laughs> as a bad guy, which is really weird because you would think he would be above that kind of movie. Um, mm. I've heard this one, the 2019 one, is awful. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I actually had a friend like jokingly suggest it for the show, and I told them straight up, I was like, see, I think my particular... like." like bad media diet could could handle that like i think my my bad media gut biome could stomach that but i don't think i think kyle would upchuck if i felt i don't know like i think you would purge that before you even got it all the way down i think i think i could probably get through it because i don't think it could be any worse than that that last bond film uh oh christoph waltz that was one of the worst things i've ever seen um i'm actually curious now i kind of want to watch it just to see if it's better than that Ooh, if if you say it is, that's gonna, wow. Daniel Craig's probably gonna write you an apology or something. Be like, Mr. Kyle, I'm, I am sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize I hurt you so badly. <laughs> no, oh, I forgot. Uh, we watched that. Um, oh, god damn it, the Daniel Craig movie that just came out. Um, oh, the the Ryan Johnson one, the Knives Out. Yes, Knives Out. How was that? It was a good time. It was fun. Yeah, I I thought it looked good. It has an amazing cast. I I definitely want to see that. It's a who done it kind of like Clue, and it's a lot of fun because 
he's doing a foghorn leg horn the whole time and it's still it's charming though like it's it's really good i uh it's a it's not a great movie it's just exactly what you expect it to be it's just a just a nice seven out of ten whodunit and it's fun that's all i would ask of it and and daniel craig has done that before i mean he did that in logan lucky and I thought he has fun in that. Has the lovely lady from uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, his hologram Ooh. girlfriend. Ooh, yeah, 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 lovely. lovely. <laughs> um, moving on, uh, we yeah. have some some uh, Disney nature schlock, uh, seven worlds, <laughs> <Schlock>. one planet. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna call it as I see it. <laughs> oh, Trevor, do you see this down here? Nineteen eighty one in Seminoid? in seminoid what is that about um you know usually i have a lot to say about these kinds of random b movies um this one is not known to me uh, so i'm not sure but uh, somebody felt the need to distribute this in 2020 um <laughs> uh, cover art is pretty much what you would expect it's uh, some people with some probes and uh, a lady with her uh, her legs spread her fa- facing away from us facing yeah. away from us let's keep it classy here um but yeah that looks uh that looks trashy as all fuck <laughs> yeah it looks bad um we got spies in disguise that uh will smith is a pigeon slash spy animation i don't uh, know from, man from 20 20- i don't fucking know <laughs> i don't have kids yet i'll ask so. stuff about it she keeps tabs on this crap gotcha um we have a South Korean film, uh, The Witch, colon, Subversion, from 2018. This is a funny movie. F- I say funny because I have gotten some very conflicting opinions on this movie. And I want to say, I, I say it's Parasite's fault. Because is that an 11-year-old girl? Yes, it is, holding a pistol. Okay. She, cause it, she, kills, like she a, kills many people in the movie, as far as I understand. Cause it's like an 11-year-old girl on like a grown man's body, what it looks like. Uh, it looks like they they did the thing that hap- oftentimes happens with DVD covers, where they take like just a random stock model and put the actor's face on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you see it a lot with men in arms, much beefier arms, okay. <laughs> <laughs> holding pistols. Almost like if you have like okay, marketing one on one. If you have no way of selling your movie, just put someone looking in the middle distance, and then Photoshop a pistol into their hand. That'll work. If the gun's there, somebody's going to rent it. If that gun's not there, mm-mm. <laughs> They're not going to give two shits. But, um, yeah, as far as I understand, this this little girl kills many, many people in this movie. She may, in fact, be the titular witch. Um, but I, the reason I say I blame Parasite is because almost every review I read for this movie in 2018 suggested it was crap, like a mm. 3 out of 10. But now that parasites a thing and people care people acknowledge the existence of south korea yeah, <laughs> like Korean this movie cinema. suddenly arrives on american shores with like as, positive positive notes about it <laughs> as individuals who actually take in uh south korean films um you don't have to like all south korean films. exactly that's where i'm coming from is like don't don't try to sell me this crap when i know it's crap <laughs> just give me the good movies i know they exist there are many saw, of them. I saw the devil. Was that South Korea? I guess it was. There we go. Yeah, that's a that's a solid one. I it wouldn't say it's one. stellar, but it's good enough. It's good enough. It's noteworthy. Um, but moving on down here, we have our first Criterion release for the mm-hmm. month of March, and that would be Salesman from 1968. I have no idea. It looks. Like, I uh, feel like it's uh, what's his name? 
uh, Raiden. Fucking Christopher Lambert. <laughs> fucking Christopher Lambert. Um, no, it is. It looks like it has multiple directors. Um, oh. and, uh, Albert and David Maisless and Charlotte Zwerin. Uh, plot description reads: Four relentless door-to-door salesmen deal with constant rejection, homesickness, and inevitable burnout as they go across the country selling very expensive Bibles to low-income Catholic families. That sounds dull as dirt. Huh. Um, it's Criterion, though, so it's probably worth your time. Um, um, I've got a question for you before I make this comparison. Uh, has Gerard Butler ever put out a good movie? No, of course not. <laughs> What's the closest? Would you say so? Three hundred is probably his most well known. It's not a good movie. Uh, I'd say the closest you're gonna get is like Gamer or Law Abiding Citizen. I think I honestly think Gamer might be his best movie. You might be right. At White House Down scores some bonus points because it knows what it is. Okay. I mean, when when you have a scene in the midway point of the movie where our hero says, almost direct to camera, like, I'm going to stab you in the head with my knife, and then he does it at the end of the movie. Rock and Rolla. That's his best. That's the best movie he's in, I'd say. Okay, I, I don't know that one. It's fine. It's it's fine. But that's probably his best one. But I'm thinking Jimmy Stewart. James Stewart is in uh, this movie from 1957, Night Passage. I've seen Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, You Can Keep It, uh, and I've seen It's a Wonderful Life, which actually is not bad. I, I rewatched it at Christmas a couple years ago. It's not bad at all. Um, I don't know of any good movie he's in. Like, mm. I don't... I you, don't you, really... sh- you just stop talking, Kyle. <laughs> shh, 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 shh. It's okay. Just stop. I was going to ask if James Stewart was like the Gerard he, he, Butler. He, he, no, he... <laughs> Just well, I'll edit this out. <laughs> yeah, the answer, the answer, Kyle is Hitchcock. Just any of his Hitchcock collaborations. He's yeah, been in Hitchcock. He's been in Hitchcock. Many. Oh, I did not know that. Many. <laughs> um, just look up any of those, and yeah, this right, this conversation right. never happened, <laughs> or this com- this comparison never happened. <laughs> um, and not certainly, Gerard fan. Butler's best movie is not Phantom of the Opera. Um, oh, although I do think it's absolutely bizarre that he was handpicked for that role by the man himself, by Let's Andrew Lloyd Webber himself. I've he seen picked a... he picked a guy who can't fucking sing to be the fucking Phantom. I've seen. I feel like he's like a Don Draper. Like he just has like a sexual charisma that both men and women are attracted to, and they're like, "We got to put this guy in our movie." I'm like, yeah, we got to put this guy in our movie. Yeah, and I'm sure like, he he went out of the audition, the door shut, and just everybody went. Whew, did you whew. feel the heat emanating from his body? Yeah. <laughs> his cross just, was just—it's it's like he's radioactive. Yeah. <laughs> and then they get done, they're like, "What the? F-? Like it was like a drug haze." You're like, "I thought." I, did I, did I, we just I, give him the role? <laughs> putting him in a movie's like like writing a story on acid, and you get done with. You're like, this is incoherent. What the fuck did I write? <laughs> what? I, it felt so clear in the moment. It's um, like Joel Schumacher's like, did, did I just give him the role? It's like Joel, you gave him a five picture deal. <laughs> Phantom of the Opera, awful. Uh, Dracula 2000. What's the fucking dragon one? He's in the dragon one with Christian Bale. Reign of Fire. He is? Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, he's in there. Uh, yeah, wow. no, he has no good movie to his uh, to his name, I'd say. Hey, he works, though. He yeah, keeps he busy. 
and I'm he's hoping. and he's cur- he's charismatic, but maybe, maybe he makes the worst day. movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, moving on though, is this something you would check out? The Bolshevik trilogy here, Kyle? No, that's way too old. Okay, 1926 to 1928. I'm going to um, watch the... I've got the Errol Flynn Robin Hood on my... Yeah. Uh, that's going to be probably one of the oldest movies I've seen outside of a silent film. So, 1938, I want to say. Yeah. Um, I mean, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari and like uh, Nosferatu. I've seen those. But they're, they're, they're quick and they're silent and I had to watch them for class, but... Putting myself through something from the 1920s, uh-uh. that's. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I man. just wanted to check because you you have a thing for Eastern Europe and Eastern and Western Europe, in fact. Yeah. Um, but uh, we have Lose from 2018. This would be a German horror film that we yeah, we man. you you screened for the show, but you I decided screened. against doing an episode. It's it has, it has stuff I like about it. It's kind of uneventful. It's really strange. It's worth a watch. However, I felt it would not make a good episode. That's fair. Um, but yeah, that was one that we considered doing for for October, but decided against it. Yeah. Um, moving on here. Uh, what else jumps out you here, Kyle? Uh, I'm not seeing a lot of stuff. I would definitely watch the Super Bowl again. I'm not going to buy the Blu-ray, but I watched that Super Bowl again. That was great. <laughs> that was a great Super Bowl. Uh, one of the best ones I've seen in the past ten years, I'd say. Uh, not not as good as Seahawks beating the the Pat or the Pats beating the Seahawks at the last second. That was that was awesome. That was one of the greatest moments of my life. Was seeing that because <laughs> I hate the Seahawks. Um, I and mean, I'm Seattle born and bred, and I was largely indifferent to that. But uh, hearing the reaction like across mm. the neighborhood was oh. yeah. You're just like you're just dining on tears. You're just oh, like was drinking the, the tears. <laughs> I haven't felt that good. Like <laughs> I haven't <laughs> felt that good in that in so long. I haven't felt that good since. It was such a good day. It's um, like definition of Schadenfreude. <laughs> Kyle <laughs> watching the Seahawks lose the Super Bowl in the closing seconds. <laughs> uh, Dunkirk from 1958. I like this poster. I like the cover here. Yeah, it needs to be said, we're skipping over a lot of these much older re-releases of films, um, but a lot of them have very striking cover art, like hand-painted cover art, and uh, this would be Dunkirk from 1958, hand-painted poster, looks pretty awesome. Um, What else we got here? Oh, can Um, we go back to Ice Cold and Alex? That's a weird title, but having a woman, like a a woman who's about to fall out of her her blouse... (laughs) Ice cold in Alex. That's a weird. That's a weird title with that cover. Debbie does Dallas. Debbie does Dallas. <laughs> um, yeah, 1958. I'm sure that was considered extraordinarily racy. Um, yeah, she is pretty much falling out of that blouse, and that does look to be the original poster art. Uh, probably sold very well <laughs> yeah. for our repressed American society. Um, Moving on, uh, oh, uh, timely. Uh, I actually sent you a clip I found on the Twitter um, from a movie called uh, *Common Rider Zo*. That's a Japanese tokusatsu, t- like straight-to-video movie. So it's like only like forty-five minutes long, but it's Japanese sci-fi. Anyway, uh, the reason why I bring it up, um, long story short, is a uh, 
we have two releases in the Garo series of anime, which is adapted from a live action series. I've brought this up many times on the show because they have a shit ton of Blu-ray releases seemingly every few months. Um, Garo uh, originated with the same director as a common writer, so a gentleman by the name of Keita Amimiya. Uh, I've been trying to find a way to work one of his movies into the show for a long time now, pretty much as long as we've been doing it. Uh, I just can't find the right time. But um, I haven't watched any of the animated version of the series, but the live-action one was pretty awesome uh, back when I was in college. I haven't really followed it since, but cool stuff. And that director, his artistic sensibilities, even though he rarely gets you know a good script or a good budget to work with, uh, the man is a hell of an artist. Um, but moving on, fuck this cover. Fuck this cover. Uh, the Ascent from 2019. God, I hate looking at that. <laughs> where, is, where is this at? Oh, The Ascent. Oh, yeah, that's awful. I hate looking at this. It, um, it's the, of, yeah, it's pretty terrible. The, the expression is uh, traditionally goosebumps. Um, in my household when I was a child, we referred to them as the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> looking at this this image gives me goosebumps and not because it makes me like scared or anything it's just it makes my hair stand up and i fucking hate that feeling <laughs> um and in like preparation for doing this blu-ray episode i've like scanned through the march releases a few times this month and every time i pass this one i go god fucking do it. <laughs> so bad. I'm, thank i'm thankful i never have to look at that again so fuck that movie i don't know anything about it i don't need to um, so let's move on to the next week. I'm tired of yes. looking at that. Um, March 16th is a off-release date. Uh, there are a couple of things here. Something that's an interesting cover for Sleepless. Doesn't look good, but it catches your eye. Like if you, Kyle, if you were a child and you're like walking through like a VHS rental store, if you saw this cover for Sleepless from 2001, do you think you would pause for a sec? Yeah, I'd want to watch it actually. Yeah, it. I think it's striking. I like the use of colors. And uh, the shading on the harp. I don't know, but let's find out. Uh, It's from 2001. Oh, it's a Dario Argento movie. That explains a lot. Um, But it's from 2001, so it might suck. (laughs) Um, Plot description reads, An elderly and retired police detective and a young amateur sleuth team up to find a serial killer whom has resumed a killing spree in Turin, Italy, after a 17-year hiatus. Uh, that doesn't give you much, but it's yeah. Argento, so it probably has something. <laughs> probably has something going for it, but it's from 2001, and that makes me nervous. Now nah, you need art if you're going to do Dario Argento. It's when culturally people were doing cocaine uh, in the U.S. and it wasn't oh, a big deal. It's got Max von Sydow. <laughs> Ooh. That's kind of cool. Gonna, he's about to have a bunch of uh, re-releases come out. I would say. Yeah, I mean, he passed very recently, so I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. This, there's I, no way they could have planned this for that. But I just watched the Hour of the Wolf, the Ingmar Bergman uh, film with him, and I'm like, man, Max von Sydow is old in this movie. I'm like, how old is he? And then a week later, he died. I'm like, he's never gonna die. He's never gonna die. <laughs> and he literally died. Oh, he he's only he's doing a force hibernation or something. Because, yeah, he'll be back. Yeah, he'll be back. You haven't Give seen him. the last of him. <laughs> You underestimate my power. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines from Star Wars 3. <laughs> so, oh. bad. so fucking bad. 
Um, but our uh, our next official release date would be March seventeenth, and uh, right out the gate uh, we get Jumanji: The Next Level on four K. This would be the, the Rock, the Jack Black, uh, the Kevin Hart, and the Karen Gillan. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I have heard very mixed reviews about both Jumanji, like the the newer Jumanji films, not our uh, Robin Williams one. I, but I've never heard them called outright bad, so I'm sure they're just like passable. These seem like good airplane movies, like things it's to fine. watch during a flight. Yeah. If you have nothing else to watch and you need to pass the time, totally fine. Yeah, Not- it seems like that. I I I seriously doubt these are awful. Um, Would I but- own it on 4K? No. Uh, fucking no <laughs> no way <laughs> um no. but for something completely different um we have uh, richard jewell have you heard anything about this movie yes uh i've heard mostly good things although really. um what's your face olivia wilde's character is apparently problematic um Why? and feels feels like it was written like a, a lady role written by an old man <laughs> Oh, gotcha. apparently she's kind of like mustache twirly in it, where it's like she's the bad guy, even though this mm. is based on a true story with largely tr- like real people mm. in it. Um, but her character's made out to be like the bad guy. I wanted to, I kind of want to watch this because it's got Sam Rockwell, and I'm a big yeah. Sam Rockwell fan. Uh, and I believe John Hamm is in there. Uh, yes, he is. Yeah, big John. Kathy Hamm Bates fan. Uh, was up for. He's best supporting, I think. Oh, no, no kidding. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, but this kid, this guy who plays Richard Jewell is from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He was just playing, uh, a, he was playing a juggalo in one of the episodes. And he was funny. Like, it was a funny episode. Um, they're all funny. But uh, I was like, oh, that's the juggalo kid. I'm like, okay, I might watch this just to see what he can do. <laughs> it's, it's a, I've a... I've heard it's good, and this is this is an example of not not quite contemporary history, but this is you know based on true events in our lifetime, and it yeah. might be interesting to to take a look back at it. And Clint Eastwood seems to have a a theme in his filmography of the past decade or so about dealing with white man's burden. <laughs> yes, but a lot of it has to do with. Uh, public re- public image and public relations like becoming a public figure and what that does to a person oh. um minus the social media aspect of it because like Thank flags you, of our fathers was like you know these are the guys who put up the flag in iwo jima here's what actually happened to those people after that and uh sully you know this is a man who saved lives crashing a plane into the ocean into the river or whatever here's the aftermath and they all hate this one for some reason exactly <laughs> Um, what? And that was a joke he, on he just Rock. seems to have a fascination with that topic, and it, I think that's always interesting to see in a filmography. There was a joke on Thirty Rock. She's like, "I'll be like that folk hero, like that guy who landed the plane that everyone hates now." <laughs> I'm like, "Why do people hate Sully now? It's so weird." I I mean, as a lifelong Seattleite, I I don't think it's my job to know. I think it's more of a New York, New Jersey thing. But <laughs> yeah, maybe there's a reason. Maybe he was a Mets fan or something. I don't know. He probably. I mean, an old white-haired man with a mustache he probably had some opinions <laughs> and he was given a platform <laughs> yeah i landed that was your first mistake <laughs> but what i really want to use this for is taxes let's talk about that like oh. <laughs> i want to talk about schools and uh 
making sure they're not integrated <laughs> like they used to be nope shut it shut it down it's like who gave that man a mic <laughs> do you want to talk about superman red sun because i really want to talk about the next thing i uh, all i'll say is it's based on a graphic novel that is the premise is what if superman landed in the ussr instead of the us of a Ooh, interesting exactly um but yeah uh Go ahead, have at it, Kyle. Uh, so you'll be listening to this by the time that we drop our uh, our Enter the Dragon episode. Uh, John Saxon starring in Cannibal Apocalypse from 1980. What the fuck is that about? Kyle, I believe it's pronounced Cannibal Apocalypse. <laughs> I Cannibal Apocalypse. Oh. It's a uh, it's uh, an apocalypse out there, and there's a. Uh, Cannibals. Uh, no, I, can't, I, I can't guess stop. I better karate kick some ass. <laughs> Fucking, you told me to watch the. Uh, what's the guy from uh, uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea? The guy, uh, the main guy. Oh, uh, James Mason. James Mason, you told me to watch John Hamm's James Mason impression, which is yes. fucking fucking awesome. But he also has one where he does JFK, uh, oh, which is also pretty nice. good. Uh, but yeah, th- I'll I'll totally watch this. I'm not gonna I might buy it on Blu-ray. Actually, I like the I cover. Mean, it's an Italian Italian cannibal film starring John Saxon. Yeah. Sign me the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, which wig does he have in this one? <laughs> is he wearing the silver fox, or is he going for the Sean Connery James Bond? Um, um uh, the, the movie looks stupid, but A Hidden Life is that Tope? Is, uh, is that to- Tobey Maguire? That's my suspicion, but let's find out. Oh, it is not. <laughs> is it a woman? Uh, could be. <laughs> um, this is a Terrence Malick film. Who the uh, fuck is that? Uh, he's a divisive art house director. Oh. Um, uh, but the cast has Jurgen Prock now. I know you're a fan. I like Jurgen. And uh, a f- Universal fan. Like everybody likes this guy, even though he's passed. Uh, Bruno. Bruno Gans. Oh, Bruno. Yeah. Bruno. Yeah. Um, that's probably good, but it's Terrence Malick, so who the fuck knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that was Tobey Maguire or uh, um, what's his face? Uh, it escapes me at the moment. But anyway, um, we have a Universal Horror Collection. Ugh. This would be like off Universal movies, yeah. so none, none of the one, none of the ones that you really know. <laughs> I do want that Universal Monsters Collection. I think it's like eight or ten films altogether, like all the old black and white Frankenstein, Wolfman, uh, The Mummy. Because uh, I really want to watch that Boris Karloff mummy movie. That would be, I think all of those would be fun to go back to. I I have I haven't seen all of them, unfortunately. Like the one that I I think I would probably like the most, uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon. I've actually never seen. I haven't seen that. I did see Dracula. Jesus. Whew. Have you seen Spanish Dracula though? No. I've no. heard it's. Some people think it's better. Really, it's, I can believe yeah, it. I had a teacher in a college that he he swore up and down that you, you got to watch Spanish Dracula because it was the Spanish version of the movie and the way they did it was like on off days or in the evenings they would use the exact same sets and and oh, lighting really? equipment and camera equipment with a Spanish crew and actors and sh- shoot the whole movie over again in a different language with different actors. Interesting. And apparently they did some other, they did some stuff with like the production design, like the lighting design and stuff and the performances better, like according to him anyway. I've seen Frankenstein, not not a huge fan. Uh, uh Bride of Frankenstein um 
I think is worth your time. Okay. That's pretty good. Um, I, I think they're all good in their own right. I haven't seen yeah. all of them, but the ones I have, I enjoyed. Um, Wolfman, I think of the ones I saw, Wolfman was the one I enjoyed the most. I think it has the most legs. Like, it moves. Like, mm. all of those movies move at a pretty fast clip because movies were shorter back then for the most yeah. part. Um, yeah. But that one that one has an energy to it that's I, I think is a lot more fun than some of it's, the other ones. I like the set design. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's like a... Like a the what's this Frankenstein's castles kind of got like a German expressionist kind of uh, like uh, look to it, but the Wolfman I like the the foggy like the foggy woods and stuff like that. It was just I think it was a more interesting film. Yeah, no, I I, I don't doubt it, and I think you should see those movies because I know you're you're big on your horror, and that's a big chunk of horror history. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Look at this next one. <laughs> oh, holy uh, shit. So beside the Universal Horror Collection, <laughs> we have a Criterion release uh, from the year 2000. This would be a Spike Lee joint, um, Bamboozled. Um, I had to watch this for school. Really? Um, what yes, is it? Uh, it's, um, again, this is kind of like a... Is it History of Minstrel Shows or... No, it's a it's an interesting concept, I'm, and I'm going to butcher the explanation for it because I'm going to try to remember it as best I can. But basically, um, there's some like media executives who are putting on like a TV show or a TV series, and they find like a street performer, like a black street performer that they want to put on TV. And the idea is they're going to put menstrual shows on national television, and then it takes the fuck off in contemporary America. Wow! And it's about it's about the performers being exploited and about just the grotesque nature of like culture being perverted and exploited for profit. I don't know what this says about me, but this is a Spike Lee joint I can get behind. It's a good movie. I, I, like I said, I had to watch it under the supervision of a teacher in school <laughs> and I enjoyed myself, like not just for the educational aspect of it, but like it was an th- interesting film and uh, one, I think Damon Wayans plays like a whitewashed uh, media executive who's constantly Ooh. being shat on by Michael Rappaport, who tells him to his face, I'm blacker than you <laughs> throughout the entire movie. Not wrong. Um, uh. <laughs> it, it's a very uncomfortable experience, but, you know, I think if you can see it for what it is, it's a piece of media with a message. If you can, if you can get in line with the message, there's both entertainment and and true value in the product. There's a reason this is a Criterion film. There's a very politically incorrect show that I catch clips of occasionally. Uh, I believe it's the Legion of Skanks. I think it's the Legion of Skanks. But uh, they had a they had a whole conversation about Michael Rappaport. It is it is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> I might send it to you if I can find it. Uh, don't you don't have to watch it, but if you're like, yeah, I'll check it out. It's pretty funny. Michael Rappaport, um, the the loudest man in America. <laughs> Stan Michael Rappaport. I know you hate Michael Rappaport. He makes me laugh. <laughs> um, but moving on, we have a couple of movies that I'm almost positive are directed by, yep, yeah, Andy Sidaris. Um, he like he does like softcore porn slash action <laughs> movies. It's they're it's Rock. a package deal. It's uh, like you, regardless of what you came for, you're you're getting both. Um, Brocklanders. Exactly. I had I had some uncomfortable experiences in high school, like going to Scarecrow and renting this shit, and then we'd have to hit the fast forward button because we'd be watching it as a group. And Ooh. there's certain th- there's certain things you just don't want to watch. Like I feel like you don't you want to got... watch play out. You know. I feel like you got like 
shut down at a certain point from like being able to rent movies. Uh, <laughs> I I didn't rent it. <laughs> no, okay. I was with the people who rented it, and I was gotcha. the one saying, "Can we please skip this? Can we get back to the shooting?" Can we please skip it? <laughs> it's like it's like the snake went down the toilet in the first scene. I know it's coming back. <laughs> that actually happens in one of them. Oh, Hard gosh. to get to Hawaii. Um, and beside that, we have a a. Uh, Mm, this is a movie, uh, Black Christmas from 2019. This is a movie that's been made previously twice before. Uh, the first one is, I don't remember from what year, but it's largely known as one of the earliest slasher movies and one of the better ones. Um, there's a remake from the mid-2000s that has a mostly poor reputation, but I guess people are starting to come around again now that this piece of shit is out. <laughs> um, this movie got blasted by the critics. Uh, some, a large portion of which were justified, and then there's like just the raging like pro pro men like pro male activists. Oh, gotcha. Um, that just shat on the movie for on you know principle, I guess in their eyes. Um, but from what I understand, it is irredeemably just a poor, like a poorly made film. Um, I don't know how much you're aware of that, but uh, I looked Never into it a little it. bit because I was curious, just like peering in on the discourse surrounding it i didn't and know they remade it this movie looks like trash regardless of how you feel about whatever political statements it's trying to make um it just looks, it just looks like a shit movie um and i will not be bothering with it um force 10 from navarone uh have you are you aware of this movie kyle uh-uh. this was one i caught like in an afternoon on like one of the local like channels uh this is harrison ford and robert shaw and uh it's the sequel to um guns of navarone and so it's a world war ii movie starring mm. quint from jaws and fucking han solo uh <laughs> it's pretty good um good good dad movie for sure mm. um below that we have 4k releases of all the daniel craig james bond movies which serves as a sad reminder of the fact that we very nearly had a new james bond movie like i think in april um no time to die was scheduled to come out very very shortly before all the virus business uh, kicked into high gear um so i guess these are just going to collect dust on some shelves somewhere um what else jumps out at you here kyle Nothing. oh we we have a orson wells film from 1957 man in the shadow uh, I like the cover art for that. Yeah, um, I like the cover art. I don't know anything about the movie, but I'll just say nice cover. Um, we <laughs> One Piece Stampede from 2019. I want to say that's a One Piece movie. Uh, the only reason I draw attention to that is because One Piece, in my mind, is a running gag in that there are literally like a thousand episodes of that TV series, and it, there's no end in sight. <laughs> um I check in on it. I don't know anything about it, but I just like to check every once in a while to see if it's still running, and it is. We have some Ultraman shit, Ultraman Geed and Orb. I have a soft spot for Ultraman. I have some of the discs on my shelf. I'm not going to bother with these ones, but some of the re-releases of the original series, like the stuff from the 60s and 70s, I might pick those up someday. Uh, we have Attack on Titan Season 3. Um, my brother, of all people, 
really likes this. <laughs> Apparently, it's available on Netflix. Um, he really likes. It. I was really surprised. I did not know my brother had any time of day for for anime, like in the past twenty years. <laughs> but I guess he just randomly decided to start watching, and he likes it. Um, and I think that's about it for this week. Yeah. So let's move on to the following week. Uh, that would be March twentieth. And uh, first up, we have Sudden Death, a Jean-Claude Van Damme film that I actually referenced earlier in this episode. This is the movie, uh, Powers Booth plays the Hans Gruber equivalent in this movie, and it's Die Hard in a Hockey Rink. Um, Funny, I didn't know this was coming. (laughs) It's actually not a bad movie. This is is one of the Hyamses who directed it, uh, uh, Peter, I believe. Um, He made a lot of Van Damme movies, Time Cop being like the really, really big one, I think. Um, and his son, I believe, also did some collaborations with Van Damme. Um, I think he, I th- want to say he was the one that did the uh, Universal Soldier movies from a few years ago. Uh, I've threatened you with those before, Kyle. Because surprisingly enough, they're not that bad. And one of them has Scott Adkins. That's <laughs> probably not like I said, I threatened you with them. <laughs> yeah. That's a wild. I have I have enough of I have enough of a sense of what you like to know what you don't like, <laughs> and that would be it. You pull the trigger on that, I'm whipping out the Criterion Collection. <laughs> so so I hit you with trash, and you hit me with class. That yeah. ain't fair. <laughs> um, we have a re-release of Nightcrawler, which I thought was very good. Um, I didn't watch I, it. Um, ooh, it's great. You know, after I watched him in Prisoners, I haven't watched... I don't think I've watched a movie of his... Uh, I did watch End of Watch, which is fucking awful. Um, <laughs> but I just... Lo- I loved Prisoners so much, and I loved his character in there. That I saw his character in this, I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for him to be a little shit. Like, it, he was very, like, stoic and masculine, and he was, like, a good guy in that in that movie and I'm like I oh, like, that. like one of the best things I thought he did with his performance in that was he looked tired yeah like he, he looked like he had not slept in three days like the way he blinks in that movie he it's like every time he blinks he's threatening to pass out um, detective like, fucking Loki of all things <laughs> Jesus <laughs> scary uh, your parents hate you <laughs> I don't know how many times I've seen Zodiac that's one of the most watchable movies ever ooh 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 Kyle mm-hmm. so yesterday or no, the day before, I made the mistake of saying I'm gonna work out tonight, but then I put on Zodiac. You didn't work and I, out, and did I you? did not. Work out. <laughs> <laughs> I dare you to stay. Try to be on your phone when that movie's on. You I don't can't. even think I peed in two and a half hours. <laughs> you can't because there's either detective work going on or Robert Robert Downey Jr.'s characters on screen. It doesn't matter. Whatever's no, happening. I, I don't think I moved for two hours and 40 minutes. Um, oh, fun fact. I, the, it only just occurred to me in this most recent watching of it, and it was a very pleasant watching of it. Um, Mark Ruffalo, Robert Downey Jr., Jake Gyllenhaal are all in the MCU. In the MCU. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Look at that. Yeah, imagine that. Now we need to get uh, Anthony Edwards in there. <laughs> Yo, Goose. <laughs> you you want to be a uh, scorpion or uh... no? We already had a shocker anyway. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I just never got around to Nightcrawler. Um, I should probably watch it though. You, should, Kyle, when whenever the mood like strikes it. you, it's good. It's very okay. good. What what do I need to be in the mood for? Um, psychological thrill. 
what it it's not like sleazy in terms of like graphic content or like nudity but it's a it's actually like kind of like uncut gems and that you're dealing with a character you're not meant to like mm-hmm. um i don't know like- if if you're in the mood for Batman, like one of the Nolan Batmans or something, it's it's kind of oh. along those lines. I was just say, is it like psychological thriller? Is it just kind of a like a mystery? It's a, I mean, the the cover art actually does a pretty good job of illustrating what you get. It's it's kind of a voyeuristic movie where you're you're kind of a fly on the wall watching this guy be a fly on the wall um, to oh, okay. some of the uglier aspects of life in the big city. Um, but beside that, we have something completely different. Uh, that would be Dumb and Dumber 2. I didn't, um, I didn't even watch it. Like, no, I, I can't. It'll hurt my perception of the other film. <laughs> fucking Jeff Daniels has had uh, a, like a really good career. Like he's he's put out a lot of a lot of dramatic performances that I've heard are really good. Um, I will always see him as this character. I any like when he's in uh, Martian, I'm just like fucking hairy man <laughs> that's all i can see he's trying to be so like he's running nasa or like what's newsweek he he i've seen a few clips of newsweek with him i think it's what it's called right Newsroom. Oh, New- uh, i think it's newsroom the show where he's an anchor the uh, the most aaron sorkin of aaron sorkin shows uh, i'm not the, watching that show kyle if you listen to the dialogue i guarantee you 10 minutes of that show you will walk you will like flip the table and walk out <laughs> no you'll be like fuck this these people are too clever for their own good Nobody no, talks ha- like that. Yeah, exactly. He has a he has a whole whole monologue about why he's a, a he's a Republican. He's like, how many uh, fucking Simpsons references? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody yeah. talks like that. <laughs> there is a funny uh, Saturday Night Live bit when they were promoting this film. Uh, Jim Carrey was on Saturday Night Live, and they have had like a family reunion, and they're all acting like his characters, like all of his different characters. I think I've sent it to you, like. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty fucking funny, uh, but Jeff Daniels comes out there and does like a, a Harry impression, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not watching that movie. If that's him getting back into character, that's bad. It's funny. When I was a kid, I I really liked him, and I really liked Richard Dreyfuss, uh, mostly because of Jaws. Um, not certainly not Krippendorf's tribe, um, <laughs> but but uh, Jeff Daniels I really liked because of Speed, and I think he also plays a Harry in that movie. Really? <laughs> um, but yeah, I liked him because of Speed and Fly Away Home. Um, I I will uh, say this you... much: I actually really like the cover art for Dumb and Dumber Two because it looks like Kyle. Imagine this image put up at like a gym where all the fat people are on treadmills, yeah. and they're just like, "Ah, <laughs> look yeah. at you!" <laughs> yeah. Um, this About Time movie. I, remember I can't even seeing look a at trailer it. For it, Rachel McAdams does nothing for me nothing nothing like absolutely nothing she's in that she's she's in that second season of true detective and she does nothing for me that well that whole second season she's she's canadian she's pleasant that's it (laughs) even when she's supposed to be obnoxious she she seems nice (laughs) i love mean girls don't get me wrong i love mean girls that's a great movie and she's very fun like she's good in that because she's the the mean the titular mean girl did you watch that, by the way? No, but I have that, people ragging on me telling me I got to. It's important that you watch that because it's very funny. I uh, like Tina Fey a lot. And, I love we, Thirty yeah. Rock's one of my favorite shows. I'm actually that's our that's our like our like we're just sitting around not doing anything. Thirty Rock is just on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good stuff, but uh, you should you should get around to that. But who's the dude? Is it? It looks like 
who's the fucking heroin dealer from Pulp Fiction? Uh, I can never remember his name. Original guy. Stoltz? There we go. He looks like a mashup of Eric Stoltz and Hugh Grant. You know who this is. I can't see. It's a Gleason. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I, I believe it's Dom Hall. Um, I, this movie wrong. actually like... looked cute. Um, I saw trailers for this when it came out. It's about a Bill Nighy is his dad in it, by the way. So that's a selling Oh, okay. Point. That's better. Yeah. You, you can yeah. sell me with Bill Nighy. Uh, so Bill Nighy tells Dom Hall Gleason when he comes of age that's like, so all the men in our family can travel through time. Oh, you just God. Got, you just got to lock yourself in a dark place and imagine. <laughs> no. or something <laughs> or something like that <laughs> um so it's a romantic comedy it's it's like you know love actually or something but with a time travel gimmick it, it's kind of i don't know what it is about the brits and their rom-coms with like gimmicks like there's that beatles one that just came out the <sighs> yeah where everybody forgot the beatles music except that one kid fuck that it's the yeah, du- fuck it's not that. only is it a bad premise but i fucking hate the beatles so you're not getting me with that I'm largely indifferent to the Beatles, but let's you should move be. on. Um, uh, so, is this Chiquito? Uh, is it? It is Chadwick Boseman. So that is Chadwick the Boseman. Le Black Panther, the Black Panther himself. Um, I like get on I, up, d- James Brown. I like I like James Brown. Uh, no, I actually do like his music, but I don't know if I would watch this. Uh, I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah. I, I want to say he also did the Jackie Robinson movie. So like Chadwick oh, Boseman, I guess that's just what he does. He plays like black superstars from the sixties or fifties. or whatever. I don't know. You could just watch. I feel like it, this is one of those things where like, I'd rather just watch James Brown do, do live. If you yeah, watch James po- Brown play live. Wow. Young James Brown. <laughs> damn. Yeah. He, that he did all the, the cocaine. I, if I could go, if I could go back in time, I think I'd try to catch a James Brown show. I'd try to go. Absolutely. Catch that. No, that would be, you would, would be you would be exhausted before him. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was incredible. Uh, uh, electric. Uh, electric. Correct. Uh, and then we have a bunch of crap. Crap. Uh, yeah. So let's move on. Uh, next week, March 24th. Uh, this is a big one. First major release is big oscar winner midway. Uh, <laughs> yeah midway according to kyle <laughs> roland emmerich's midway <laughs> won big at the oscars this year <laughs> you'll never live that down uh, 1917 <laughs> yeah 19 sam mendes's 1917 on 4k obviously because the whole selling point for the movie has as far as I know, very little to do with the acting or the writing. It's entirely the visuals and the editing. Um, this is a World War One drama. Uh, the big gimmick is that it's stitched together in editing and cinematography in such a way as to look like a single shot, yeah. or at least one or two shots. It's a pretty huge undertaking for a war movie, let alone a drama. Um, yeah, I've heard okay. very good things about this, although I have my suspicions that it's like, Maybe maybe you had to have seen it in the theater to really get the whole thing. I feel like Dunkirk would have been one of those things, too, because I saw Dunkirk. I'm like, it was good. It was fine. But I feel like the the good vibes around it was because people saw it in the theater, and I heard that the sound design in the theater was just incredible for Dunkirk. Yeah. Um, I still haven't seen that. I'm a bad person, I know. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's it. I mean, it's good, don't get me wrong, but it's not like, oh, dude, it's like you haven't seen Dunkirk, bro. 
it's you're okay like i mean i don't know what it says is about me as a person maybe i played too much doom when i was a kid but the idea of a rescue operation as directed by a director who as far as i understand has probably gone on record saying he doesn't enjoy violence in films it's not usually why i tune in to see a fucking war movie (laughs) (laughs) to be honest war is bad war is bad yeah but if you're gonna show me a movie about it Maybe give me the violence. Kyle, you've seen Hot Shots Part 2, correct? No, I haven't seen it. Well, I'm going to spoil a fantastic part of it. Fantastic being the operative word. Uh, Miguel Ferrer has a moment where Charlie Sheen has to convince him that, you know, Fight, fighting today is a good idea, Miguel. You should, you should get out there. Get, lace up your boots. You know, fight for your country. And he, he finds his, his spirit again. And then he blows some people the fuck up. And he stands up directly in front of the camera, looks directly into your soul, and says, "War, it's fantastic." Big <laughs> smile. <laughs> and yes, war, it's Miguel? fantastic. Huh. Miguel Ferrer is in it. Um, very small role, but he's. He was a very gifted actor. He's also passed away, unfortunately. Yeah, um, uh, very gifted actor could convey, could make you laugh and make you pay attention. Like he could make you feel things. Um, but very underrated as a comedic actor for fucking sure. Um, oh, what's it called? Uh, Traffic. Have you seen Traffic? I have not. I need. A, we need to find a reason to do that. That's one of those. It's not. It's not quite an anthology. But it's one of those movies that follows multiple people in one big story, but almost like maybe two people come in contact. Like this person is in contact with this person, this person is in contact with this person. I have kind of like crash. I have it's, one or two of those. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I, I have one or two of those. It's really, really good. Uh, I've seen it. A few, I've seen it several times. Uh, I was very young, and there's is that a, a lot of Steven Soderbergh. I think so. Uh, I think it's Soderbergh. He, he likes him in Ensemble. It's kind of I saw thing. it when I was very young, and there are some very, very, very adult things going on in that movie. So I think it's probably why I watched it several times, but it it's just all around great. Um, we, we should find a reason to do it someday. Okay. I, I would like to see it. I've heard it's very good. Um, but what's the next one jumps out of here, Kyle? And there's only... Well, there's two answers, but <laughs> uh, the wizard. I've never hey, seen. Hey, there you go. <laughs> never, seen, never seen that. Uh, but is that the Fred Savage movie? Yes, it is. This is the California. Fred Savage, the Wizard from 1989. This is the Nintendo vehicle. This entire movie was an advertisement for both the Nintendo company and uh, the release of Super Mario Brothers Three. Mm. Um, this movie actually debuted that game in the movie so the whole movie is a fucking commercial um bo bridges and christian slater are there too (laughs) um yeah the whole movie is about a video game tournament at universal studios so it's both an advertisement for nintendo and universal studios uh yeah i i mostly just remember the the universal studios part of the movie more so in the video games to be honest uh, because they showcased like the king kong ride which i never actually got to go on but i was kind of thought looked amazing <laughs> but yeah uh i'm guessing this is like an anniversary edition or something because 1989 this is presumably like yeah we couldn't get it out for 2019 let's go for 2020 <laughs> um we have a criterion release here uh leave her to heaven from 1945 I love this cover. it's gorgeous uh, yeah simple it's really yeah 
it's like a I don't know, who's the actress I can't even tell. Uh, looks like headlined by Gene Tierney, mm. also starring Cornell Wilde, Gene Crane, Vincent Price. Vincent Price. <laughs> Vincent Price. Um, yeah, that's a horse, gorgeous cover Vincent? art. Um, <laughs> the cranes are flying. Yeah, I'm not gonna watch that. Uh, I want that cover though. Uh, yeah. uh, the cranes are flying. That looks like it could be very, very romantic and sad. Or very, very, uh, like, dreary and well, romantic. Kyle, I'll let you decide. So this is a coin toss. Or, no, this is a 50-50. I'll, I'll just give you one guess. It's Russian. Oh. <laughs> let me guess. Hang on a sec. Russia, 1957. It's two hours and 23 minutes long. It is uh, a post, yeah, post-World War Two or World War Two movie. Um uh and i'm guessing the dude dies uh, i mean pretty much everything you're saying is more than like oh it's only 96 minutes but it is it is a war film and it does look dreary <laughs> nice um moving on here we have the grudge from 2020 this would be the remake again the, yeah they remade so they had the japanese version juon and then they had the american remake and now they remade the american remake is Dark um, Waters the? Uh, is that have to do with Juan, or is uh, that something different? As far as I know, it's totally different. Okay. Um, but it is you know the early two thousands were the the J horror era where it's like every Japanese horror movie must be remade. Yeah. Um, because reasons. Um, but yeah, this one the gimmick for it was puzzling to me because every advertisement I saw about it in a variety of places um, was pointing to the fact that it's gory as the selling point. And I was yeah. like, but, but Juon's not gory. Like it's, it's scary. Like, like one of the, one of the few like actually scary movies I, I remember seeing when I was, you know, was of a certain age. Um, but none of them were bloody or anything. Um, but yeah, this one was extensively advertised as like, oh, it's covered in blood. Like, it's just, it's a gore fest. Okay. I don't know where that came from, but sure. Uh, I heard it's awful. <laughs> um, but this one, uh, Kyle, I've been skimming past this many times now. Frankenstein, the true story from 1973. Yeah. Who like does Bill, this person look like? He looks like Bill Hader. In, it looks like an SNL skit, SNL skit of Bill Hader playing Frankenstein. His expression is puzzling. <laughs> it's Bill Hader. Uh, he looks like that? he's saying, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Thanks for inviting me to your party. <laughs> yeah. Who, who I, is that? I don't know, but I can see the Bill Hader, but for some reason I saw Stephen King. <laughs> oh, okay, I can see that. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know who this is. Oh, James Mason's in it. Wow. Ooh. Jane Seymour. She was a name. Um, I want to say this is a Hammer Jane film. Seymour. Is that a young uh, Jane Seymour? I want to say she's the gal on the cover. Ooh. Um, but yeah, I don't know who who is the Frankenstein's monster we're seeing on the cover art there, but. Uh, this is a Shout Factory, and this is apparently a TV miniseries um, from 1973. So I wouldn't imagine it's like the best quality, but it could be interesting because uh, one of the more interesting like adaptations of Frankenstein I remember was actually like the Randy Quaid. I think it was uh, TNT uh, TV version of it. 
and it was it was pretty violent for a tv movie and it was very different from any frankenstein i've ever seen Hmm. Um, especially the way the monster was created um as far as i know there that movie does not exist outside of like vhs tapes um, but if that ever got a re-release of some sort, like digital or otherwise, I would rewatch that just to confirm, like, was it actually good? Because I remember it being good. Um, but, oh, we get to uh, something I, I hinted at earlier. Uh, this would be an Elijah Wood film uh, from 2019, uh, Come to Daddy. Um, and the uh, plot synopsis here is, A man in his 30s travels to a remote cabin to reconnect with his estranged father. Wow, that is a garbage plot synopsis. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've heard some buzz around this, mostly good. I don't, I can't confirm if that's true, but it's a thing. And that mustache is alarming. <laughs> um, so yeah, Elijah Wood got paid. Uh, what else we got here? Um, Little Women from 1994. Um this would be, of course, the adaptation oh, of yeah. the book by the same title, which was very recently uh, remade by Greta Gerwig and a cast of many, many, many promising young actresses. Um, I never actually saw the the 94 version, but I know it's it's like it's like Joy Luck Club for white people. <laughs> In its own way, I guess. Winona Ryder had a stretch of like just movies I would never want to watch. Um, this and then something about an American quilt, um, the flower one, I think. Uh, was that, was the the flower, flower one, one. <laughs> or was that just Christian Slater? That might have just been Christian Slater, one where uh, he's a florist. Yeah, might you be got mixing me. That um, yeah, Winona had this stretch where she was doing a lot of costume dramas, a lot of period pieces, and I always thought that was very puzzling because, like, even in Bram Stoker's Dracula, it's like her. And Keanu, why? <laughs> it's like, like of all people to match the time period, why? <laughs> the movie was Bed of Roses, and it was uh, Mary Stuart Masterson from Benny and June, the titular June. Mm, um, okay. I was mixing that up. It was Christian Slater, though. God, that movie sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's news to me. Um, Dude, I had to watch a lot of crap when I was a kid. I guess so. Shit. I mean, I did too, but we that's what's funny is everybody had their own crap. It's just how often do you get to talk about it? Which is part my of why we do the show. Stepmom <laughs> would rent these god awful dramas. That's how Steel I Steel Magnolias. Weathering Heights. Angela's Ashes. Like, dude, put a gun to my head. Angela's Ashes. Jesus. We might have to do Weathering Heights someday. You've brought it up a few times. It, I'm telling you, there's not. It, it, it's PTSD. Not. <laughs> the Timothy Dalton one is laughable, like for me, because he's. I've seen him in other stuff now, so when I think back of him, back on him doing it, like it was so silly, like the way he's doing the character. <laughs> well, it's so stupid. We all, like I said, we all have our bad movies. Um, so let's move on to the final release date in March and this is a yeah. big one for some people not everyone but some people uh, so March 31st is apparently Star Wars fucking day uh, yeah. because every Star Wars movie is coming out on 4k um, including uh, Rise of Skywalker uh, Star Wars 9 um, you haven't seen it I have yeah. uh, I think it's trash uh, <laughs> uh, for a variety of reasons um, I very unfortunately um, 
had a Skype conversation with a dear friend of mine uh, that was not recorded uh, because my friend doesn't like to have any sort of internet presence, but uh, I wish that conversation had been recorded because it was just two hours of shitting on that movie. <laughs> We're going to reach a point in um, our culture when enough people who were alive for the original trilogy die and we're going to look back on these movies and we're going to be like the original trilogy wasn't that great it was fine and why were they bitching about all the subsequent movies after that it i feel like of the movies the sequels are probably the most entertaining but the prequels were just a complete like pretty much a waste of time but like the original trilogy was fine it was it's okay it's not that great but this is ridiculous. How many times are you going to re-release these fucking things? Until they aren't profitable anymore. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and we're starting to get to that point because, uh, yeah, uh, you only have so much goodwill you can work with, and they're throwing it out the window left and right lately. Give um, me the give me the original cuts of the, the original trilogy just on blu-ray without any doctoring no doctoring just give me that on blu-ray you you have my money well what's funny is like you know if if they get to a point where they need to rebuild the star wars brand and they get really desperate you might actually get that that's like, what I i'm thinking i wouldn't be surprised um but you know until then fingers crossed um but uh moving on uh we have what appears to be the monsters movie monster go home uh oh, i used I'm to sorry. watch Real quick, this um, the one next to Hell Risers. This cover for Star Wars, the yeah. the Rise of Skywalker. I like that cover. Um, you see that? It's okay. Maybe <laughs> I've got my mine smaller. Hang on. Let me get I, I wish that bigger. Target branding wasn't on it. Then I could yeah, see right. the whole thing. Oh no! Um, take that back. Sorry, it looked cooler from the uh, from the thumbnail. Like it looked it looked cooler. I. I I appreciate the art style. It has that throwback quality to it. I actually can't tell if it's painted or if it's a Photoshop job. I want to say it's the latter. Probably the latter. Um, just from a composition standpoint, there's some weirdness going on there that doesn't really work for me. Um, but I I do like the kind of like faded color palette look and like even the framing of it kind of reminds mm -hmm. me of like a throwback poster. I mean, I have one sitting right over my computer right now. Um, it's all right. Um, but uh, one movie that I would actually like to watch whenever it's available to me for, for cheap or for free is uh, VFW from uh, oh, really? 2019 uh, this is you know Grindhouse, John Carpenter wannabe schlock um, but it seems like my kind of schlock uh, I, I would watch this Stephen Lang, William Sadler Fred Williamson in like a John Carpenter inspired like gore fest movie sure the fuck why not maybe could do a lot worse it's like uh i want to say it's like from dust till dawn uh, minus the vampires <laughs> except mm -hmm. with old old army veterans <laughs> like fighting young people <laughs> in like a bar or something or at their local vfw branch um uh we have a criterion release here the prince of tides this is bob Streisand and uh nick nolte when he was considered hot in 1991 uh, yeah, that didn't last. <laughs> um, pass. We have Extra 3, Watch the Skies. Um, like I said, as far as I understand, only the first Extra is actually genuinely good. Pretty sure the sequels are crap. Um, we have 
Mr. Robot Season 4. I've heard good things about this show. haven't watched it myself. Yeah. Um, Bones, uh, that would be the Snoop Dogg. Uh, uh, to, to quote the producers of the film, or urban horror film. <laughs> um, I forget who I... There's there's some like very small ta- like small name actor that's in this movie that like was significant to me personally, but I can't remember who it was. It came up recently, but I, for the life of me, I can't remember it. Um, the current war from 2017. I don't know why that's being re-released now, but that's that is Michael Shannon and uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch on the cover. I know you like use of Michael Shannon. Yeah, I like him being a monster. <laughs> Uh, Olivia, that that is quite the striking cover from 1983. Yeah, um, uh, we have a Rupon movie, Rupon the Third, uh, Fujiko's Lie. Um, and this is apparently a Rupon movie. Uh, Rupon, of course, being a, I think it's a, anime and manga from the 60s that continues on to this day. Uh, I think if I remember right, the original author's name is Monkey Punch, which I always thought was pretty fucking cool. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this is one of those like legacy products in Japan that will just never fucking die. Um, it's, it's, it's like hard to deny like the format. It's, it's like a, he's like a Robin Hood esque figure. So it's like a heist. Every episode or every story is like a heist of some sort. And then, uh, there's this like femme fatale type character who usually swoops in and steals whatever he went to great lengths to steal at the last minute. It's good times, and it has that '60s kind of vibe to it, and it looks like uh, looks like they actually gave a damn when they when they animated it. So I would watch that. Um, what else we got here? Uh, we have some Bruce Lee uh, ripoff schlock, um, Fist of Fear, Touch of Death, 1980. Uh, oh, we have a Chinese movie which was a big money maker over there. I don't know how many people care over here, but it's called The Captain. Um, this is essentially Sully, but with a Chinese pilot. Um, I want to say it's based on a true story. I could, yeah, it is based on a true story from like 2018 or something. Um, but they, I mean, China's not shy about making nationalistic films. This is an example of that. They have a Coast Guard movie that just came out as well, and a lot of military movies that come out seemingly every six months. <laughs> we have the Ringu Collection. Uh, would be ring zero one and two uh, from 1998 to 2000 that's an arrow product probably has a shit ton of extras in there have you seen those kyle uh-uh. i've only seen the the very first one uh, so massive legacy like ringu kind of created an entire genre as far as i understand um in japan and in the u.s but yeah i just never really bit too hard for it the the gore verbinski remake was actually pretty good though give it that much i would um, probably watch the the japanese version uh i've seen the 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 ring uh which is yeah i actually thought the ring was pretty good i would watch this that's why i was wondering if dark waters was associated with this uh with this franchise i wasn't sure yeah i don't think so but i could be wrong i obviously i'm not a huge fan of the franchise um what else we got here uh is that going to be about it? I think that's pretty much it. Uh, Patrick Stewart made a movie. <laughs> um, 2019, Coda, Katie Holmes, and Patrick Stewart. It has piano keys. It has a very poorly rendered image, 
with Patrick Stewart's face half covered with piano keys. Yeah. That cover took two seconds to make <laughs> and they did a shit job they should be ashamed and they apparently they couldn't even afford the official blu-ray font <laughs> jesus christ right. that's sad um but yeah that about concludes uh the physical media releases for the month of march um so i think both of us are poor right now but if money was no was no problem do you have anything you'd pick up no um Someday I might pick up some form of the Star Wars movies. Not today. Um, I haven't owned a copy of Star Wars since the VHS tapes. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm scrolling back through things and I'm kind of just shaking my head. Um, I do want to see Cannibal Apocalypse. Um, you should see Nightcrawler and Bamboozled and Cannibal Apocalypse because everyone I think- should see that. I'll watch Cannibal Apocalypse. Uh, I'll watch Bamboozle. Maybe that's uh, my criterion. <sighs> my criterion. Uh, uh, I'll rent Bombshell. Uh, I might rent Uncut Gems because I did enjoy that enough to want to give it a second look. Um, <laughs> we'll probably both end up renting Veronica for, for the show, not for yeah, pleasure. I do plan um, on watching that. <laughs> um, but yeah, this, this might be a month where I don't actually purchase a single disc. Yeah. which is sad um but yeah i that being said uh thank you for joining us as we cut up on the blu-ray releases for the month of march and uh we'll catch you next time